And we're live. Hi. Hello. This is a strange, strange new environment. Yes. So we're actually in two different rooms. It's just the way that we have it set up. You see this line right, right here. This that I just crossed. Yeah. <laughs> this is two different screens, and I'm like pretending that June is here next to me. I'm I'm actually a hologram. Oh yes. And technology's gotten so advanced that it appears as though we're in the same room. Right. But we're not. Our humor is very dry. Uh -huh. um, I don't know how this mic works. How how much do I have to project? Do I have to? You know, I think I think this is a good amount of projection. Cool. All right. So let's begin. Okay. Well, <laughs> episode thirty. That's an, uh, another landmark here. Um, it's been a while. We're both hanging out in Toronto. Uh, yeah, we're in the same room. Um, we're both hanging out in Toronto. Uh, some good times with some. Good old friends, and uh, yeah, we're both on like three hours of sleep. Do you feel like it's been like three hours of sleep? I, no. I feel like I just didn't sleep at all. I, I, feel, I feel fine. I feel surprisingly refreshed. Yeah? Yeah. I think it was a dim sum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The food helps. Yeah. You know, I, there's this point between, you know, sleep deprived and, you know, I don't know. It goes from you're well rested, yeah. sleep deprived, but then there's this like point between sleep deprived magical. and then yeah, this magical energy land. Yeah, um, where you just feel okay and actually more creative than usual. Right. So that's how I'm feeling. It's like it's like ketosis. Ketosis. Yeah. When you yeah. When, when you're when you're low on sugar, yeah. right? You you initially feel this tiredness, and then your body starts to make ketones. Yeah. Uh, as a way to produce energy. It's, yeah, so it's maybe like it's maybe just, it's like a sleep fasting phenomenon. Yeah. Your brain's like, oh, fuck it. He's not going to get <laughs> sleep. I might as well just run full capacity yeah. until he <laughs> passes out. Right, and then passing out would be like 12 yeah. hours of sleep. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I'm very much excited. Uh, you, have, you have updates from the past three weeks, Paul? Has it been three weeks? I, I think so. It's been a very long time. Um, I'm sorry for our loyal listeners. Yeah. We, we love you and appreciate you. We do. You do. We also respect and love ourselves. Yes. And that's that's the most important thing <laughs> to start off with. Yeah. Um, but we also love you. We do, we do love you. Um, you know, one of the big things that happened is I, I gave myself a birthday present. So both of our birthdays are coming up. Oh, yeah. 24th, yeah. 25th. Um, but I gave myself a $300 birthday present. Can you guess what it is? It has something to do with music. Oh, three hundred dollar musical mm. entity. Entity. Three hundred dollars. That's very specific. I don't think that's enough for an instrument. No. You already have a keyboard. Yes. Mm. Maybe it. Maybe it is a loop station. Ooh. Like, like a loop pedal. Not loop pedal. Oh, like a Ed Sheeran kind of business. Now I regret the three hundred dollars. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I actually got a. Software, music oh. production software. Oh, which one? So FL Studio. FL Studio. I've been working with it for for a bit now, like okay. a trial version. All right. Um, I really enjoy it. Yeah. And I just decided to get the full thing because I I wanted to take it a little more seriously. Okay. Okay. So I think like I know you're you're like sort of experimenting with music as well, and it's a big part of your life right now. Mm -hmm. um, same for me. Um, so I've, I've taken the next step and I, I've been able to like connect it to my keyboard so it's like a MIDI controller yes, yeah. so I can record the music that I play on the keyboard and then change the instruments up in the, in the software and uh, produce music that way. It's been very hard. Oh, I see, <laughs> like I see. It's, it's not an easy uh, task and like being creative while also being technically capable of like creating music and, and composing something that flows well together is yeah. Definitely a challenge, and it's, it's definitely something that someone could devote a career towards, which is mm -hmm. what people do. Right? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, like I, I find music production so like fascinating. Yeah. Like, I think we're at a junction now where literally anyone with a decent computer or an iPad mm -hmm. can start making music and start recording music in like pretty good quality. Right. Like you used to need a like huge recording studio or a setup, and then you would need connections to like a radio station that would broadcast mm. your music. But kind of the internet's kind of flipped that whole process around on its head, right? right. So so now it's possible for anyone 
to make a podcast or not guaranteeing that they'll all be great quality podcasts, <laughs> but some will some will be you know not yeah. bad, not yeah, bad. Yeah. Uh, fun creative projects to embark on. Right, and and the same for music, um, and I and I think that's you know, that that's a very powerful thing that's happening. Um, and I've I've said this before, but I, I think you know expressing yourself and, and your ideas in music mm-hmm. should be like a kind of second language mm-hmm. or, or or a third language depending on. How many languages you speak? Yeah, but it it just introduces you to such a different world of expression and, you know, and a way to connect with people or share your thoughts with people mm-hmm. in a way that's not like too intrusive, you know. Right. Like I can I can say weird philosophical things about or like drugs um, on the podcast, and, and that might completely turn some people off. Mm-hmm. But if I uh, if I'm at a coffee house and I sing with my friend Matt, um, there's a song called "Drugs Are Better with Friends." You know, everyone is happy to play along, and yeah. clap, and, and uh, chant the lyrics with us. Right. You know, it's it just loosens people up, music, and, and that's such an amazing like communicative tool to have. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great. Yeah, I, I think, think it's a great purchase. I think I think so too. I think one of the challenges though is that. You know, again, if you don't have the technical skill, right, and the experience, it's hard to translate the sort of thoughts and emotions that are going through your head and, like, put it into music. And then when the music isn't representing what you actually feel, it's, it's very frustrating, you know. Um, so I think it's always good to approach these sort of creative projects with an open mind and sort of an acceptance that your product is not necessarily going to be a, an accurate reflection of, of what you want. It's a process, right? You're getting closer and closer approximations, hopefully, to to how you're truly feeling and what you want to express. Um, and I think the best artists are those that can convey exactly how they feel through that medium, mm-hmm. and then also to have other people understand it as well or uh, appreciate it at the very least. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I think I have more of an appreciation for like how to develop that technical For aspect sure. yeah because it, it, it takes time mm-hmm. but but maybe not as much time or effort as people think mm-hmm. i think it's more about like a consistent practice yeah like a, like a meditation practice mm-hmm. because like for for music for learning the keyboard for example like that's a process of like it becoming part of your body like your your brain will your brain will process that piano and those keys mm-hmm. as though it is an extension of your fingers and your right. limbs. Um, and, and it takes time to form those associations. We're not kids, we have a lot of preformed associations already. Yeah. So we gotta form them right and then train them one by one and mm-hmm. and mix them up by trying different things. Um, you know, there's and there's some really great teachers on YouTube that tell you how to really mess up your mind playing uh, the keyboard. For example, there, there's this one exercise where um, you start off, you know the you know what a chromatic scale is? Yeah. Every semitone. Yeah. So you start uh, your fingers an octave apart and you play the same notes okay. progressing upwards. Ba, 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 ba. Mm-hmm. And then the next exercise is once you get good at that and you are familiar with the pattern, then you put your left hand is on ba, but your right hand starts on ba, ba, ba. Yeah. And you do the same stepwise approach, but right. starting on different notes. Yeah. So now you're like really breaking up those circuits that you've made a little right. bit and it's forcing you to integrate something. But, but there's really cool exercises like that you know, that you can discover through the advent of YouTube. That really helps you hone mm. the technical aspect and helps you become one with the keyboard. Right. And I, I, you don't like a pre, prefer like practicing music and these kind of things. You don't really notice that you've improved mm-hmm. until I don't know. It's like a magical process. Like a month later, you haven't thought about it. Maybe you haven't touched your uh, keyboard or piano for two weeks, and then suddenly. Like oh something feels more natural. Yeah 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 yeah. So it, it it's a journey. It's a it's a cool fun process. Right. And and I think like 
you know, I used to think that, oh, what's the point of starting now? I'm so old. Yeah. Like, that's such a so stupid old. idea. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, the, the best time to plant a tree is now. Mm -hmm. um, the, yeah, just, just start and um, 60 years down the road, it'll be 80 and someone will ask you, how long have you been playing piano? Wow. Oh yeah, for 60 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's just the exciting thing too, right? So it, it's not like our main thing, it's, like, it's a hobby. Yeah. It's just a hobby for us. So we don't have a timeline. No. You can, we can do this like whenever we want and like there's no deliverable that we really have to meet. Mm -hmm. It's so much freedom, so much uh, space for us to explore. And I, I think that's what's magical about it. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. But, but sometimes you, you do want the enforced timeline, like if you sign up for a gig or like sure, a, yeah. a coffee house performance, right? Then it really forces you to to get that right. And, yes, and that's something that helped me like start off on piano. Like, you need so, a little bit of pressure, right? Yeah, yeah, that pressure really well helps you like focus and and key in on right. what you need to do in that moment. So right, so a mix of freedom and, and discipline. Right, uh, and but you decide what kind of discipline you want to apply. Yeah, yeah, you decide. And then that's hard. But. That's hard. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to discipline myself to study medicine over the summer. Yeah. And that has not worked at all. No. <laughs> Granted, like, I, I do want to break for myself. I just, I've been off school for, like, what, two, three weeks. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know how your summer has been. I guess you don't have the summer, really. Uh, you, you're continuing your studies. I've been just um, creating my own breaks. Okay. This is a break. This is a nice, it's been a pretty break. extended break for me. Nice. Yeah. This weekend has been a, is a wonderful time. Yeah. I just like let loose. Yeah. Yeah. There's something that one of my friends told me uh, very recently. Uh -huh. It's to be comfortable in your skin. And like this is something like you know it's, it's overused. Like people say this all the time. Yeah. Like, be comfortable with your skin. Be comfortable with who you are. But the way that I looked at it this time, and every time it's different. But this time. I, uh, you know, I've been following the Raptors and uh, the Warriors. Yeah. When you see Steph Curry, yeah, that man looks like he's comfortable in his skin all the time. Oh yeah. And the way he like moves around and like chewing on his like whatever mouth guard. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, just like he kind of like Loose. moves his shoulders, yeah. shoulders a lot. And when yeah. he runs around the court, he's just kind of like yeah. dancing through. Yeah. Like, weaving like through a little people. kid dancing through. Yeah. Right. When I imagine that, it's like wow, that that is being comfortable in your skin. And he's yeah. not like. Okay, he, he is pretty attractive, but <laughs> I mean, like, he's not the prime example uh -huh. of, of, like, the perfect male or whatever. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is being comfortable in your skin makes you, well, probably more attractive, but just more charismatic and, and uh, attractive in the, the grand scheme, like, grand scale of things. Yeah. In, in yeah. a general sense, not, like, just sexually attractive, just, like, as a human being. Just, right. Someone to be admired, maybe, let's say. Yeah. Um, like, Steph Curry is a guy who's been counted out his entire career because he's six feet and mm -hmm. or, or slightly taller. He's 190, I think. Yeah, and, and shorter players will, like, inevitably have a much, much tougher time going up against these, you know, seven-foot-plus seven giants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, you know, you really have to trust in yourself and carve out your own niche Honestly, yeah. and, and just do that and that's I find that so inspiring about, about basketball and the, the run that the Raptors had and oh yeah there there's so many like admirable stories and players that are part of the Raptors but yeah those are those are my those are the people I look up to mm. yeah. maybe I should be be a little more like that <laughs> play a little more ball <laughs> yeah um, yeah, I've been playing a lot more too. Yeah, outdoor, outdoor uh -huh. basketball with some friends. Yeah, I don't know if you've uh, been doing the same in uh, Hamilton, but yeah, yeah. I, I I've been like, this is the first time around that I'm really focused on focusing in on improving my game, and I think that's made a big difference, and it's made it a lot more interesting and engaging. Right. Because previously, you know, I was just sort of playing whatever I felt like, like if the ball went in, the ball went in, it didn't really matter to me. But now the stakes for some reason have gotten higher and I just feel so much more satisfaction when I get a ball, a basket. And that makes me want to play more and that makes me want to do, do, do it more. Um, 
so I'm glad to have found that like sort of reinvigoration for yeah. for the sport and um, hopefully um, I'm trying to take that with all the things that I'm doing now kind of prioritize the important things and you know enjoy them with the same vigor yeah and I don't know you know some people could say like you know why, why are you wasting your time doing basketball oh yeah You're supposed to be a doctor like but like I find that in the in the short time that I've been like slightly more interested in basketball and, and pick up basketball, like I think there's so much you can learn from basketball. Like uh, one thing is just uh, the aspect of focusing and uh, staying in the moment mm -hmm. and just keep doing <laughs> keep doing things till it works out. You yeah. know, keep pushing through challenges. Kawhi. Yeah. Stoic, stoicism. Yeah, yeah, that, that kind of like mentality, like just trust yourself, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Sometimes it'll work better than other times. Just keep going. Yeah. Just stay in the moment. Like, <laughs> you know, one of the Kawhi moments of the NBA like playoffs was the reporter after like winning against the Bucks. Yeah. Um, asked him, oh, no team ever has won four times, four straight times against the Bucks team this season. Yeah. How are you guys going to do it? And so, like, she phrased it in a very, like, dramatic way. And, and yeah. Kawhi was just like, well, I've never done it before. Well, I haven't gone, even gone to the locker room yet. So, yeah, I'll, I'll think about it then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's such a Kawhi answer. And that's, yeah. just, that's just who he is. Yeah. Like, you know, there, there's that kind of mental aspect, but there's also like a physical aspect. Like you're you're learning to coordinate and play with your body and like navigate in tight spaces and, and like, and, and it's a funny thing because I don't think we have much experience doing that. No. And, and or like a lot <laughs> less than maybe what, what used to be. Or like there, there's not as many like physical jobs or, uh, situations and places where you have to be, I don't know, interacting with a mm. lot of interacting and coordinating with and communicating with mm. many bodies at the same time. I, I think maybe especially for us, yeah, in like education. Yeah, yeah. If you're in like higher education, or right. university setting, right. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, but but those little things, I don't know. They're 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 so helpful. Mm. I find them helpful. For example, like being able to assert like where I'm going. Yeah. Like who knew like how helpful a skill that is in like basketball and just and just life, like in the middle of a busy street. Yeah. Or, yeah. It's or like in, in clerkship. Or in clerkship, yeah. <laughs> or in like in the middle of a busy ward. Like yeah. If if you're like a lost chicken, not knowing where you're going, then like you're just a nuisance to everyone. Right. You're in people's way all the time. Yeah, but if you know where you're going, or at least where not to go. And you signal intent to go places like mm -hmm. that. That opens things up in the world, like literally, mm -hmm. like people in the middle of a busy downtown street. If you like set your sights somewhere and you walk there intentionally, other people perceive that and kind of like move away from you yeah. and around and around you, right? It's like, well, who knew that intent and moving with purpose could have like an influence on the world, you know? Um, so, like, maybe I'm the only guy who thinks about that after basketball. <laughs> you're like walking across the street. Yeah, it's like, like you better get out of That's way. right. You don't you don't know what kind of baller I am. Oh my but like, those are little lessons you you learn from. Right. At least I I pick up from basketball. Right. And it's it's so underappreciated. Mm. You know what's interesting though as well, um, I feel like a lot of these thoughts like percolate in my mind. Like, very recent to like current events, mm -hmm. right? They're very relevant to current events. And then like, you kind of forget about it by the time that uh, mm -hmm. all that like, uh, the hype is over, right? When basketball season is over and I stop playing basketball, I'm gonna forget a lot of these lessons. Oh, or yeah. maybe I'll contextualize it in a different, in a different manner. Maybe I'll suddenly be interested in, uh, in like musical theater again, and I'll see like people dancing, and I'm like, oh, that that is purposeful movement. Yeah, like, that oh, that yeah. is dramatic. Like dancing that. is. Right? Yeah, that, that is. I find that fascinating because every single person on this planet yeah. is somehow like interacting with like recent events and, and thinking about recent events, and like sort of shaping how they live and how they interact and, and behave. 
um, based on you know the information that they've recently been getting. Um, so I don't know. That that also is a little worrying to me because then like, what actually stays with you? What what is core to your personality? You know what what lasts long long term? Um, and maybe it, it's a matter of like building that long-term mentality by always putting into practice like we were talking about. Um, so what, what do you think for, for yourself? Like what are some things that, that you've always sort of been able to go back on and um, maybe some activities that you, that you do that sort of represent who you are and who you, who you have been for, for a long time, like rituals maybe. Meditation rituals. What? So what? What rituals kind of kind of ground me? Yeah. What keeps you keeps you you? Good question. Yeah, yeah. I I've always um written a lot. I, I like to reflect mm. on things I'm thinking. Um, and this is now the like verbalized um uh, process I have with this other uh, AI mm. human person. Oh, yeah. That's why I am. <laughs> this AI, this, this is a remarkable, like this this bit of technology right here is like latest in uh, <laughs> uh, intelligence. Uh, in fact, I've trained it over the past five years to recognize my speech and my um, yes. thought patterns. Yes. Um, and to my um, make it make it better for me. My computing speed has decreased significantly. <laughs> I've been taking up a lot more RAM. A lot of RAM. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes too much. Um, but but it's like a co you know symbiotic process. I hope. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah yeah I, I think that that's an interesting kind of thing that I've expanded on, or it, it always used to be writing in my notebook by myself and then became typing on my mm. notebook because I thought that was a more instantaneous way to get my thoughts across. Mm. And then like, oh, I, I could actually talk about what I think to other people. Mm. I know I could do that. <laughs> That's, uh, <laughs> I was told, uh, I don't know, I wasn't told anything. But, and, and, and the next, the progression is, Oh, I can speak my mind to people like, oh, other than one person, like I can actually broadcast it and I can learn to uh, maybe tailor the message in a more like palatable way. Mm -hmm. And now the progression is, um, oh, if I add some element of videography or music to that, it can become more compelling and palatable to people. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like that, me expressing what I've been thinking about and like what's been concerning me, what I've been struggling with, mm -hmm. and like that's what helps ground me. Mm. That's your natural element. That that's my element, and I'm sure I would benefit from like a Zen, uh, calm med meditation practice. <laughs> um, but I, I don't. That doesn't vibe well with me. Right. So maybe another question is like, how do you build upon that? Like so, with with something like basketball, the lessons that you gain from it, like, do you try to like assimilate those concepts into you know your core self, your your core habit, which is to reflect and and, and to to put things into speech and, and share it, or is it that you're adding on that extra element by saying, okay, I am someone who likes to to think about things and process things and talk about it, and I'm also someone who is avid about basketball and who like will um, take a lot of my life lessons from basketball like do you do you add on or do you just sort of refine your yeah. core self yeah like like the question is kind of like like how do you keep improving and adding to yourself mm -hmm. and like to be honest i don't think i've been the best at doing that for the past year mm -hmm. I, I think like mainly well, debatable like <laughs> debatable like i and i'll give myself some credit i think i've been doing well and trying to better myself in, in some aspects. Mm -hmm. But like the main thing this year that I've been focusing on is to stop myself from getting worse in some aspects because okay. I, I felt that like aspects like my health mm -hmm. were maybe like degenerating for reasons that may have been self-afflicted mm -hmm. to some degree um, or may have been like uh, due to my environment. like. Mm -hmm. uh, I really struggled with my food choices and the way that they made me feel. And like finally, after 
I don't know, like a year of struggling and trying to figure things out and, and fine tuning and recording and, and you know, ordering this uh, expensive stool sample test. Um, like I finally feel as though I know what foods will generally make me feel good. I know what to avoid. And like, oh, I can, I can breathe again because <laughs> I feel healthy enough. Right. Um, and it's not, it's no longer just about like preventing myself from feeling shitty. It's, it's about, I feel good. Feeling I good. have the energy. Um, and another thing that I was conscious to build is it's like a, a network of relationships mm -hmm. that I can kind of fall back on. Right. So, so this weekly podcast uh, inadvertently turned into a one like few hour therapy session. Therapies, yeah. <laughs> Wow, what a what a what a great device! Wow. Like, this is, this is wow. amazing. It just keeps on giving. It keeps on giving. <laughs> so, not like I've I've been I've been conscious to like develop more of a deeper relationship mm. with with select friends to get to know other people to start dating. Um, that that was a focus with like you know the the number of books that I told you about. Yeah. And and so and and now like in July I'll be going on a road trip. So I, I kind of got to force in the summer that I wouldn't have foregone as part of the MacNet uh, three year contract. Right. Um, so so I'm I'm really happy about about all those things. Mm. Right. So I I feel like maybe it was about like learning to take away some things and mm. and kind of patching things up. To a point where I feel as though I, I can start building now. Right. I, I, I can I can do something, mm -hmm. and and that's really that's really exciting. And and being in Toronto and, and being in this kind of space where uh, we're in like this cool open office kind of space, um, it's yeah you you just get this idea that like if you intend on something and you move in that direction. Mm -hmm people and resources can be attracted or, or you can attract that to your intention. Mm -hmm. um, and based on how you communicate it and, and what you believe in and what work you're um, like willing to put in, like that, that will determine the outcome. Whether you stay like a Washington Wizards, like no playoff uh, uh, loser team, ooh, ooh. Uh, no disrespect to NBA players, they're actually much they're much more ballers than me, <laughs> but obviously, obviously. Uh, or, or you become, you know, the, the Toronto Raptors of the Golden State Warriors. Um, yeah, that, that's like, that's a kind of choice that life offers up to you mm -hmm. um, and that you can consciously take once you're at a certain level of health and wealth and, and connectedness. Mm -hmm. When you're when you can rise above the water and you're you're no longer drowning, then you can think Waiting. about then you can think about climbing. Climbing. Yeah. I see the surface in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That that is truly an inspirational story. So today today's podcast is all about intention and purpose. Yes. And moving forward, I, I feel like actually a lot of our uh, podcasts have been around a similar topic. Mm -hmm. Or it, it was about all those sort of perioperative things that allows us to be mm -hmm. intentional and, and motivated and, and purpose-driven, yeah. like relationships and, and health and, and things like that. Um, seems like a pretty like straightforward framework, I'd say. Yeah. But uh, why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to achieve such? Uh, what yeah. do you call it? <laughs> yeah. Nirvana. Yeah. 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 We, we've, we've also discussed the answer to that. You know, we, we know what social conditions and uh, mm. uh, historical and, and market forces are against our well-being. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to find community, it's hard to find good foods, it's hard to find time, it's hard to find money and resources to, right. to do things. It's a, it's a tough time, but we're in a, a pretty privileged position. For sure. Um, but even still, it's, it, it's hard. <laughs> There's the struggles. Um, yeah, but now I'm hoping that I can let my 
most imaginative and, and daring and, and fun self mm. take reign. I can see the, the fiery passion in your eyes that I could never see on <laughs> the computer screen. Um, they're just burning, raging fires in your eyes. Um, I actually really like this. You know, conversation is a lot more natural when you're with the person. Uh -huh. Like I am, I'm seeing your entire body language and it's so much more interesting, no offense, <laughs> than seeing like this isolated face yeah. um, just going on and on about drugs. Blah, I mean, blah, blah, blah. at this point, like, you know, I feel a lot more engaged. Um, and it's unfortunate that we don't get to do this more often. No. Um, but you'll be in London? Yeah, yeah. London will be a stop and at one point. Hopefully our um, camper van. And maybe we'll have a, a recording studio thing set up there. Ooh. If we can get internet. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're gonna be spending a lot of data. Can you get an unlimited data plan and just? Uh, I I, I was considering that. Yeah. yeah it's I only think. like what, like maybe fifty dollars more a month. I th I think that'd be a good uh, choice. Not a bad investment. No. You have money for it, right? Funding. Wow. Things you can do with money. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta know what you want first, mm. and you gotta. Kind of demonstrate on a on a prototype scale that um, you're the kind of person who can well, yeah, make good use of the investments given to you. Uh, it's certainly something I've been uh, struggling with recently. For I'm sure. sure. Why, why would you say that? Um, well, I, I feel like uh, I've sort of lost a lot of my direction, um, and this does go back to the idea of like recent events. So when when I'm in like school, school, like I am. I always have a task to complete, and I think a lot of like students who are like academically successful uh, experience this a lot too. There's always the next assignment. There's always the next test. You have a goal. You know you can always work towards it, and that's what keeps you going. And then the summer rolls around, and I do have some work to do, but it's it's not like imminent. It's not particularly challenging either. It's it's something I could. I eventually have to do instead of something that I want to do or get to do. Um, so it's difficult to sort of find purpose in that, especially when you're inundated just by like pure laziness um, and complacency. Um, but but more so, there's there's a challenge when there's something you want, but you're not getting it. Right. So. If there's one thing that you really want and you're not getting it, then a lot of other things sort of fall apart. Right? So I, I know you know what I'm talking about, but it, let's say we're talking about like um, like this research position that you really, really want, uh -huh. which is something I've never experienced in my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but let's say like I'm interested in emergency medicine. I really want to do a research project research uh, in, in emergency medicine. And I keep emailing people and I don't get any answers and I you know, like I'm, I'm not being uh, recognized. I'm not being like, um, I guess, like rewarded for my interest and my uh, my constant engagement in the topic. Then you feel kind of like uh, I guess blue balls. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, yeah. and then all of your other sort of interests sort of fade away, and like you become single-minded. Mm -hmm. um, which is interesting because in that case you still have a purpose, you still have a direction, but you, but you're paralyzed, mm -hmm. right? So in, in those situations where there's one thing that you really want but you're not getting it, what do you do? Do you just sort of like diversify your portfolio? You put your eggs in different baskets and then sort of concede to the fact that you may not be moving forward in, in, in this particular thing at, at a given time, or do you keep fighting for it? Or is there no straightforward answer? I'm sure there isn't. Surprise, there's no answer. Wow, welcome <laughs> to the Footnotes podcast where we give you no answer. No answer. Well, I mean, you know, the I think blockage points are an interesting, like, you know, point mm. to, you know, maybe that's the catalyst for kind of looking back at your goals and like, mm. why am I trying to, like, get past this rock is is this the mountain I want to be climbing right like why am I climbing this mountain <laughs> you know so 
like it might be a good time for a reflection and reevaluation and reorienting. Right. Um, and some rocks just can't climb at the moment. Yeah. So you walk past it and you're like, I'll get to it later. Train up for it somewhere else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe. Um, and I think I've, I've heard of this in terms of, I think in terms of PTSD, mm. or when you have an early traumatic or a, I don't know, an experience that you can't fully comprehend and, uh, and work, work through, then you know, psychologically something that happens is that you kind of ignore or try to suppress that obstacle and just walk past it mm -hmm. and, and leave it for later because at the moment like that's something you're not going to be able to um, process right um, but it's going to bother you that like those kind of hurdles and obstacles and and, and traumas you faced you weren't able to fully work through it. Mm -hmm. So when you encounter a similar boulder, you'll be like scared of approaching it or you you may be triggered into uh, like emotional distress. Right. It's like that, the, what is it? The flight, fright, fight, no, fight, fight, or flight. flight or fright response. Yeah. The deer in the headlights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a terrible thing to, terrible place to be. Yeah. So. I don't know if you're, I think just thinking about it myself, you know, I'd, I'd rather be moving than staying still mm -hmm. in, in any regard, right? So it's probably best, though difficult and maybe even emotionally taxing, to, to let some things go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you can still move with intentionality, but you don't have to move in the same, in the direction that you started out or that you, you wanted to go in the first place. So just 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 keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Yeah, just keep swimming. In any direction you're getting close to land. Yes, in any direction. That's you can, you can prove that that there's a mathematical proof for yeah. that <laughs> in in AI research. Ooh, it is. Oh, really? Yes, yes. And yeah, uh, like a random bot that makes moves mm -hmm. will inevitably get closer to um, the destination by even if it's a completely random pattern by the square root of like the number of steps it takes. Oh really? Yeah, there there there's something like that. So even if you're moving completely randomly, you are getting closer to your destination than right. had you stayed in whatever spot you were in. Right. You might look as though you're taking forty steps back <laughs> at some point, but yeah. That could happen by chance. That could happen to anyone by chance. Right. The next steps you could take could be a hundred in the right direction. So that's such an interesting paradox, right? Yeah. It's like make move with intentionality, even yeah. if it's random. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> Which if, is like yeah. even if, if you move without any intention, you will get closer to an intention. But then are you <laughs> are you moving with intention or are you just moving? You're just moving. And any movement comes from intention. So maybe well. You're right. Any movement comes from intention, especially when you put it in the micro scale, uh -huh. right? Yeah. You have to take a step. Uh -huh. You don't know where your end destination is going to be, but no. you have to take a step. Yeah. Make that step with intention. Uh huh. But on the grand scheme of things, you may not know like if that's the right way to go. No. No. Right? You're, you're just you're just navigating as it comes, as it goes. Yeah. Trust that process. Yeah. Yeah. Trust the process. <laughs> and. And I, I, I'm recognizing this in myself too, but it's like, there's such a paralysis to that. Um, mm. There's such a fear about like stepping where you don't know where you're going sometimes. Yeah. And, and that's something I, I really should throw out my brain more of, or I've been trying to do more of. I'm, I'm going on a road trip. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. I have some ideas about what I would like to happen, and right. I think I have some good intentions. We'll, we'll oh, see. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. But even if it was a random road trip that I was like, haha, I just want to uh, screw med school and uh, yeah. have fun <laughs> for a few months, you know, the math tells me that I will still mm -hmm. have a kind of enriching experience. You know, we're very similar in that sense, no. but I've talked to people who are very much 
like opposed to that idea. They're like, well, what the hell are you saying? Like, like let's say for example with the road trip, like, yeah. what if you get seriously hurt, or what if you experience some like seriously traumatic event that makes you never want to step outside your house again? Like, you know, people are genuinely afraid of consequences that, that could happen. And you know what? They, they could happen, right? Even if they're random. Um, so then, how do you how do you make a uh, cautious enough uh, step or decision that will that will keep you safe enough to keep going, but still challenge you or you know give you the benefit that you're that you're looking for? It's probably case by case different, but you know, trusting the process, some people say, is just bullshit because maybe. Are you just accepting like whatever happens to you is gonna happen? Like, is it just a matter of conceding to to fate, or is it actual intention and, and drive and like uh, some sort of purpose there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't think you should act completely frivolously and right, okay. without without a plan. Yeah. Like, who knows where I'll end up? Like. If me and Matt are up in like Goose Factory or Thunder Bay and take a wrong step in the woods, like we might not get out for like three days. We get shot. We might get shot on being on private property. Yeah. Just get mistaken for a bear. I do I look like a black grizzly bear, you know, from the back? Yeah. Um uh, we <laughs> might run into like some I don't know, people wanna stab us and take our stuff because we're in an interesting camping van. Yep. A like, lot of things, right? Yeah, yeah, like, and and I'm a quite like neurotic person, so you know, if Sorry. if <laughs> no, I I don't I don't think that's a bad thing per se. Okay. No, um, I'm saying sorry for bringing this, the fears up. Oh, oh no, no, bubbling up. It's like I could, in my most creative states, like generate, come up with all these so much paranoia yeah. and possible threats, and and the thing is like. The world is so full of threats. Like the world is mostly like 99.9% uninhabitable things that will kill us. Mm-hmm. Like if you just start off with space, yeah. Yeah. How about the sea? Yes. Oh yeah. How about random people? Yes. Yes. Animals? Yes. Uh, natural disasters? Yes. Okay. Spiders that are a million times. I'll just keep going All for right. the I'm sake of this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, HIV that's a million times smaller than a, a spider. Of course, it can kill you, and and that's like kind of the beauty of medicine. You get to <laughs> see everything that can go wrong, and like, are you still willing to kind of venture into that? Right. Let's reel it back in, though. Right. So, so the question is like, like, why should you do that? Like, why? Why trust the process? Why? Why expose yourself to like any kind of threat when you can live a safe and relatively sheltered life well okay that's a that's also i think a dramatic i think it's like a radicalization on the other side okay okay so what's a more reasonable like um, proposition like the question is like how much focus do you put on the entrusting the process Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to like manipulating it and you know Putting effort into into changing it or uh, affecting it, Ma- making it work for like your benefit, your your end. Yeah, yeah. So like, um, let's let's work with the example here. In med school, oh, I want a prestigious uh, psych residency. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to email like prestigious uh, John Hopkins psychedelic researchers, and mm-hmm. I, I'll do research there. Okay, that that seems like a fairly reasonable plan. It sounds like I might be very busy. I might be in like that academic institution for a while, and I'll play that uh, research publication game for a while. And eventually, down the line, that may help me accrue resources and um, connections, and that will somehow lead to a vague outcome that's more uh, mm-hmm. like gamified mm-hmm. and to my liking. And I, I think, like, for for most most of the times, like, the reason I've why I rejected that game isn't because 
um, like, oh, I'm a follower of the process. Like, I, I know what's better. No, it was, it was mostly due, due to fear. Like, I, I didn't want to, like, email that a scary feeling prof okay, or, or um, be ashamed of rejection that, yeah. like, I didn't get a research position or a publication. Yeah. Right. So it was a kind of fear-based, like, avoidance of that or, or like, of, like, traditional, yeah, yeah, more say gamified pathways, I'm, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, and, and I think there's great things you could do through that path too. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's, maybe for me, that's like, that's the it's, next challenge that I need, need to, to work on, yeah. what I need to work on. And so like, in that case, if, if that was my intention heading into it, then I think that would be like, a good series of decisions I could take, mm -hmm. like, and and that would help develop me, mm -hmm. um, and to be a more like competent and and free and and uh, influential person in the world. But if the intention is to something like, um, I want to do so so that I can obtain more money and influence yeah. for my own ends. Yeah. Like then, then, then you're playing a kind of crooked game, that, and and the end result is that you develop some shady aspects of your persona mm -hmm. that are maybe it's just that you don't you you end up treating people as like means yes means to something right instead of ends in an, in and of themselves like, yeah like you you start to um, devalue like, let's say some other people or yeah. some other personalities right. and, and at the same time you're doing that you're also devaluing like some parts of your mm -hmm. creative self right. like in that game and where you're like a super <laughs> uh, uh, Eileen like my girlfriend uses the term apps <laughs> because apps. because one of her friends um, on Facebook posted aspiring pediatric surgeon, so yeah. APS. So, oh. uh, but there's a particularly keen and <laughs> yeah, career-oriented yeah. pers person they, she calls her, uh, them apps. So if I if I become like that kind of apps individual and sell my soul for career, mm -hmm. then there's going to be like, I'm going to devalue the parts of my personality that are uh, creative, that like mm -hmm. to loosen up and have a good time, that values relationships with family. Right. And, and that's like a very, it can lead you on a very destructive path for your soul right? and your and your health. It, we can't say that it's like, it's not wrong or bad or no, necessar no. necessarily. But I know for us, we definitely feel like there's something missing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And what we value is definitely that more holistic yeah, approach. Yeah. And, and I think like subconsciously people feel that too, like, why? Yeah. Like if, right. if you're working at an investment banking firm, like I think a lot of people quit early and to retire or quit early to travel the world or to just get out of that, get mm -hmm. out of that. Um, because it's, it's, it's like a very, it's like, I think it's a sickness. It's like, I've been reading a book recently by an indigenous writer on, um, I forgot the title, but, but it's a book about evil mm -hmm. and the indigenous conception or mythology around evil um, and his kind of hypothesis is that we are living in a world that is completely entrenched in that like thought virus or it's the wetico disease mm. or, or it's the uh, he says in Algonquin it's also Wendigo I don't know mm -hmm. if you've heard of a Wendigo I've heard some other people talk about that but and and the way he describes it is the it's the part of you that denies the creative soul, let's say, mm -hmm. and the part that suppresses that in like a kind of um, violent and, and oppressive way, um, as to like steal your freedom and volition, mm -hmm. and and like looking at the state of affairs in in foreign governments and and maybe to some extents in our corporations and our in our governments, there's like a, a tremendous amount of, of oppression of thought and of individual expression. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I I probably would never have 
done something like this had I stayed in Korea, mm -hmm. or had I, you know, had I not come to Canada. So, you know, if if you think about it, like ninety five percent of the world is in, in poor resource settings with poor environments and uh, yeah. more oppressive and sometimes straight up violent regimes. Mm -hmm. um, that that's like that's very that's very sad to think about, right? Um, I feel like I was getting I'm getting sidetracked. Yeah, there, a little know? bit. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, help me, uh, bring me back a little bit. I've been following along. Oh yeah, yeah. So <laughs> been uh, sidetracked with you. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah, those sidetracks are good. Um, but we'll 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 return to something substantial. I promise. So, so he he describes this uh, almost like a pathogen of of thought. evil of, of thought mm. that that suppresses your own potential mm. and and is constantly like downplaying what people are and what people can do mm. and. You know, and, and that's something I've been like learning more about it and trying to express that like mm -hmm. I've I've been trying to like say like yeah your brain is a quantum computer that's on like uh, scales or like efficiency or um, potential that's uh, unparalleled by any computing device available on the planet as of now, uh, as of now uh, that it took like yeah like 13 billion years of uh, right. Uh, cosmology and biological evolution to come up with this and it's like a brilliant system and the thing is like it's a bunch of subcomputers um, that mostly work in like very defined uh, collaboration patterns yeah um, as to facilitate survival but but now we're learning that they can do like other very interesting almost scary uh, and sometimes dangerous things as well. Mm -hmm. Whereas like if the connection pattern between like five parts of the brain was like up, 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 like very straightforward star mm -hmm. kind of pattern, mm -hmm. then now you can open up and tinker with the hardware a bit so that like every part is interconnecting and uh, communicating with every other part of the sub computer mm -hmm. system, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that's like, uh, Kind of an exponential boom in the potential of the system like like these are these might be pretty strange ideas i don't know if if you've talked to me before maybe i've expressed them <laughs> but but there's something so special about human potential yeah. that we forget that we only see glimpses of in like some of the world's most creative and artistic geniuses and, and we think that oh that's that's a special person. Mm -hmm. Not everyone can do that. But but everyone has the hardware. Everyone has the potential. Everyone has the hardware and the potential to be able to uh, do something absolutely incredible. Right. And <laughs> this has turned into like some sort of motivational speech. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to sign up for the Cult of June, uh, subscriptions are 10% <laughs> off in the month of uh, a June. Of June. With, wow. With uh, yeah. Promo code. Promo code footnotes uh, podcast. Yeah. And we're we're, we're back. <laughs> it's it was still going. Well, that was uh, after a commercial break. Yeah. Yeah. So. Promo code. Yeah. Footnotes. The footnotes podcast. In June. Yeah. And so, you know, you, know, you want to talk a bit of history? History? Yeah. What, what kind of history? It's like, um, I just like human history. It's yeah. the idea of sovereignty and freedom. It's been. You know, it's typically been restricted at first just to the ruling class, mm -hmm. and then slowly to the ruling class and wealthy people, mm -hmm. wealthy men, <clears throat> and then it's slowly spread to like that's kind of an idea of democracy that individuals are free to make their own decisions mm -hmm. and to live by their own volition. Yeah, and now 
it's spread more to like modern democracies, um, which in theory is the idea that um, every man and woman, regardless of skin color, has an autonomy and the freedom to pursue what they intend. Mm -hmm. And and so you see this kind of um, rippling out phenomena of of sovereignty mm -hmm. of of individual freedom, mm -hmm. but but in some parts of the world, you, you also see a regression and and a let's see an attempt to conceal the divine within people or within individuals, or, or an attempt to suppress what is you know if divine isn't such a palatable word like the the, the to suppress the creative and free speaking. Soul, soul, yeah, it, which is like potential. I, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's just something. I right. Most people get it when when yeah, you say soul. General grasp of what, what yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's that person there, uh, and so you know we're we're at a strange junction point. Like you know if you know there there's a few let's say rulers of the world and of corporations that are very powerful and influential uh, who it is you know currently in their best interest for like stability and over time for for people to be let's say relatively homogenous in thought and uh, mm -hmm. uh, pretty subservient and, and satisfied and willing to buy products and willing to pay taxes mm -hmm. Um, so that so there's a strange uh, kind of like economy around, let's say, the suppression of the soul, but you know it it just keeps popping up like the need for for freedom like you see the of course protests in Hong Kong you saw like Arab Springs and like revolutions throughout history mm -hmm. and. Yeah, I, I just think we're at a very like critical moment in time where, mm -hmm. um, where we're starting to understand a bit more about what humans can do with the hardware that we have, um, but but also the conditions that we're living in right now, and and what kind of uh, higher forces we're we're struggling against, what kind of oppressive forces. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that are self-generated, sometimes that are externally generated that we're struggling against. Mm -hmm. And so all that is to say is like, so that, like pursuing that, like pursuing the freeing of potential and of like, like of your own potential and of others and, and creating something that's like really beautiful, inspiring, like that seems much more like of a driving force than like, oh, I would like to uh, email this John Hopkins problem. Oh my God. Uh, I will gain his um, validation and yeah. he will give me a research position and things will be so great. Like like at, at some point you want to like start earning your own respect and validation and start creating things for yourself. Mm -hmm. And And yeah, there's a paradox, like we have all the tools to do that now, but also like, all the distractions and yes. um, things in your way that could impede that. You know, I, I feel like when people say those kind of things, like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna get so much happiness, let's say even from like getting into med school or whatever, applying and stuff. Um, they're like approximations of this realization of potential that you've been talking about, right? It's yeah. like, I believe that getting this thing will make me, you know, will help me self-actualize and, yeah. and free my soul and like, Become this uh, this ideal that uh, that you're really searching for. Like it's, yeah. they're poor, low resolution approximations of like greater potential, greater purpose. Um, and maybe it's just that people haven't realized that they can dream bigger yeah. and dream better. Yeah, and not just dream about getting these like small like, tangential yeah things. And the strange thing about dreams is that if you dream it enough. It happens. I believe I can fly. Yeah. Or, or if that's too wooey uh, gooey for you, then. Wooey gooey. Um, yeah, like the, the 
the probability that you'll achieve a goal once you write it down like increases um, something to the order of like tenfold. It, it's like a ridiculous increase. Or is this backed by research? Yes. Evidence based. Yes, it is evidence based. Numbers may be slightly exaggerated. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> we, need, but, we need to fact check this a little more. But once you either write down or like let's say visualize a goal or a destination, the probability of you getting there will be much higher than uh, if you hadn't been intentionally and, and consciously um, like working through your dream, right? Uh, and, and that points back again to the intention idea. Like um, you'll get somewhere even if you don't have like if your intent is random, mm -hmm. but if you can clarify it and and uh, and consciously map it out a bit more, mm -hmm. then your path will be like there will be a path. It will be better. It will be, be better and direct. Hopefully. You'll be much more likely to make that dream like manifest. Yeah. Um, at one iteration of your future days. Yeah. And I want to I want to clarify too. Just writing it down is definitely not enough. It's like a day. It's a day to day like reworking and like reconceptualization of the goal because of course you can't just sit down and say this is the goal that is going to bring me the most you know fulfillments, most satisfaction. Like you don't know that probably. Mm -hmm. And so like from the day to day, you sort of have to like adjust it. And where you're aiming changes every day, yeah. where you're stepping changes every day. Yeah. Hopefully those two will line up uh, at some point, but yeah. you're better off trying than not. Yeah. Yeah. You're better off dreaming than not. Mm -hmm. And the, the bigger you can conceive your dream, like the better. Yeah. The more you have to aim for. Yeah. So. Maybe you can uh, end off with some anecdotal evidence or anecdotal uh, things that June's heard about. And so, you know, it's uh, it's related to the dream idea, and mm. when you more fully articulate or, or consciously um, map out your dream, you will end up there. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, that's kind of idea. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting with down with uh, Jen Jen Landicho. She works in the uh, BHSE office, that's our school programs office. Um, and we were having, I was, she was helping me out with um, some thesis planning. And it got to the point where we we're just talking about like the future and careers. And, and she was telling me the story like, oh yeah, you know, like when I was in undergrad, there was this financial planning session and the, the dude there asked me to like write down where I would like to live and what kind of situation I'd like to be in in 20 years. So she wrote down like, oh yeah, I would like to live in a house with like a dog and two kids, like um, pretty close to a lake, like I'm able to canoe on the weekends, I'm close to work. Uh, it, was, it was like pretty specific. Yeah. And she was telling me like, yeah, like I, I found the note like a few days ago and like I kind of forgot about it. But like, oh shit, I realized that like that's the life I was living right now. Oh wow! Yeah, and and so I was like, that's a neat story. <laughs> and, and then there. yeah, and and then a few weeks later, I was listening to a podcast with um, it's the Tim Ferriss podcast, yeah, with a really really influential designer, and her at four years old apparently made a drawing of like made a drawing and like some descriptions of where she would like to be, mm -hmm. and it was something like her and like. New York City doing art or design or it was like some vague goal, but like 50 years down the her career, like that's where she ended up like that's where she ended up and that's the kind of work she's doing. And then so the kind of practice that she has for like disciples or, or students do or recommends that other people do is that yeah. Yeah, like just write out or map out, draw, I don't care, like some place you envision in the next 30 years, 40 years. Mm -hmm. Just write it down, don't think about it. But like that's a kind of very strange a dreaming up process mm -hmm. that needs to be done. Um, like your dream needs to be made conscious in order for it to be realized. Yeah. And, and so, and even if you like kind of forget about that, you know, a part of you 
still still remembers and it's still in there and it's still like helping uh you know tweak your navigations right. a little bit so that you're heading in that direction just maybe a final point to that too if, if you don't have a direction right you're, you're not setting your mind you're not priming your mind to take in any specific information and you could so you could either be taking in none or all of the information that's, that's available likely right if you're taking in all of the information you're going to get super tired and you're like what's going on analysis process you don't know where to go and it's gonna make things worse and if you're not taking in any information then you're not growing you're not you're not moving to any direction so at least having some sort of goal is, is just sort of telling yourself okay these are the things i'm going to focus on yeah and like i can't ask myself any more than that yeah it, it gives you just enough of a tunnel to work with yeah so so breakthrough yeah yeah Keep keep dreaming and uh, have lucid dreams. Be be, be mm. conscious in your dreams. And that's a wrap. Okay. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye.